everyone, and welcome to another episode of Motivation Suite, your dedicated source for all things motivation, inspiration, and mentorship. I am your host, April Rogers, and I'm truly excited that you are listening in today. As you may recall, in our last session, we started our communication series by kicking off the series with the ever-important area of topic, civility in which we explore the sheer importance of civility and the many opportunities in which we should always act in the essence of civility. Now, I chose civility as the first topic area in the communication series for the simple fact that I feel it is a necessary foundational ingredient to a healthy and fruitful space in talking with and understanding one another. Therefore, when I think of the art of communication, Civility is at the start for me. And for today's focus topic, I feel a natural next step is moving into the concept of active listening. I see this as an organic progressional step due to the absolute necessity of not only learning one another, but listening intensively for true understanding and the portrayal of an important level of intensiveness. Now, the concept of active listening is not a new one. However, I do feel in a time where everyone seems to be moving in a rapid speed with trying to achieve tons of quick wins in a day, week, etc., we sometimes inadvertently or maybe even purposefully forget or choose to not participate in active listening. So, a few points in regards to active listening. Active listening can truly be an art form. Not only are you listening to what is being spoken about, but you have to pay attention, emphasize at times when needed, and listen with an open heart and an open mind, and also provide applicable feedback. Quite a bit to consider, right? However, the result of active listening allows for a greater level of awareness and insight, and which provides for a more positive experience in parting and or exchanging important information. The Balance Careers found at thebalancecareers.com share some great techniques for active listening in which they do share the following. Number one, building trust and establishing rapport. Well, you see, this is really important when it comes to active listening because if you're building trust with someone, they become more confident and um, feel more safe with the information that is shared with you um, and in their ability to just be open with you. And when you're establishing that rapport, you're simply in concert with that, establishing that relatability and just that comfortability in conversation um, and in confidence. Second, you're demonstrating concern. Well, this is a pretty easy one, right? You're not just maybe just only to demonstrating the concern, but it really comes from within. You know, that you really are taking to heart what is being shared with you and that you really find that to be important to that person. So it's important to you, right, to be there and to just listen uh, intently to what is being shared by them. Next is paraphrasing, paraphrasing, oh, excuse me, I, I, I don't know what's going on, a little tongue-tied today. <laughs> paraphrasing, to show understanding. Well, what is that exactly? Well, paraphrasing the show understanding is kind of doing a bit of a verbal recap so that 
the individual that you're talking with um, knows that you are with them, right? You're focused on what's being said and you're simply paying attention to them. Next is your nonverbal cues, which show an understanding such as nodding and eye contact and leaning forward. So all of those things allow the speaker to know that you are in tune to what they're saying, that you are simply listening to them. You're not just hearing them or just brushing them off, putting them off, you know? Um, you ever been in a situation where, you know, you're talking to someone and kind of just, you know, keep it moving? Well, this is something we probably all have experienced and obviously something that we've probably done ourselves at times. Um, so just the appreciation of when someone is having a conversation with you and wants to ensure that you are listening to them, that you are receiving what is being said, you know, those nonverbal cues are so important, just as important as verbal ones are. The next one is brief verbal affirmations. And those can range from like, you know, saying statements like I see or I know or sure, thank you or I understand. It's just a verbal way of connecting with that individual to let them know that you are 100% paying attention to what they are saying and you are ready to receive whatever information they have. The next technique would be asking open-ended questions. And those can range from different uh, scenario type-based questions such as, well, how does that make you feel? Or... I understand what you're saying, so what do you think is causing that? You know, questions that are open-ended allow for the ability of the speaker to share their feelings and their thoughts about the situation, right? It gives them an opportunity to even reflect on what is being shared and maybe they start to see things uh, maybe in a different light or are able to definitely uh, reaffirm what it is that they're feeling and, and expressing that in its entirety. So asking those open-ended questions is a really great way of getting more information and more about the scenario-based uh, situation so you are better prepared to respond if and when needed. Another technique shared is asking specific questions to seek clarification. Now this one is a pretty important one because I find sometimes when you're doing that feedback uh, situation um, in a conversation where you are uh, seeking for clarification, sometimes we don't always ask the right questions. Um, so it's really important that if there is something you don't understand or something doesn't make sense to you, um, then you really want to make sure you ask those specific questions so you can get the clarification that is needed or the verification that you are hearing the right messaging. You know, sometimes when feedback occurs after what has been shared, if things are lost in translation, then you are put at a disadvantage of being able to respond effectively. And sometimes it could make the situation worse or make the person that's actually sharing their concerns retreat. Um, so if you are legitimately and authentically trying to um, provide some type of a clear, a clarification for them or some type of help or assistance, it's really important for you to understand all aspects of what they're sharing. You know, you only know what you know. So if you are confused about something or something doesn't sound quite right, you know, assume less and ask more, right? So that's a real important technique um, when you're showing that uh, rapport-based compassion for that individual. Another technique is waiting to disclose your opinion. 
And boy, 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 is this something that can be very difficult for, uh, for a lot of us. And, and we can all fall into this uh, particular trap. So what does it mean to wait to disclose your opinion? <laughs> well, that means cool your jets, right? It means sit back, be in receive mode, ready to listen, be listening, and not worrying about what's the next thing you're going to say or sharing your opinions too early on and without having clear understanding of what the situation is. And, you know, sometimes we're in a position where we want to fix things so quickly and you kind of just want to handle the situation and move on right away. And sometimes there's just situations that just simply do not work that way. And Again, another situation that can occur from that is you can probably cause more harm than good by inserting your opinions uh, so quickly in a conversation um, that requires you to really just sit back and, again, cool your jets and listen for the appropriate cues to when it is time to um, make a response or have something to say. Now, let's not... Uh, confuse this with the concept of, you know, providing um, awareness and rapport and, and providing um, that confirmation. They're really not one and the same, right? So confirming and understanding and showing attentiveness is quite different than sharing your opinions about a situation without really having the full scope of things. Um, it also can, again, be a, a downfall when you do that because that listener then may feel that they're not being listened to or heard, which sometimes that could be the issue is in itself, you know, that, you know, I'm not being heard, I'm not being uh, considered. And then you say this thing and you share this thing and then uh, the person just comes in right away without, you know, <laughs> really any regard to what's being said and taking that time to, uh, to internalize that in order to come up with something. And then again, you're shut off again. So very important um, to cool those jets, <laughs> you know, waiting to disclose your opinion. Uh, another technique is disclosing similar experiences to show understanding. So when it comes appropriate time, which means probably during pauses, <laughs> or if the speaker actually asks, what do you think, or how do you feel, or have you ever been through something like this, then that's your opportunity to disclose any experience that you may have had that might be related or closely related to that problem. Because it shows understanding, it shows that you get where that person is coming from, or that you can understand how that person could feel. Now, it doesn't mean that what you decide to do or have done in that situation is the same as what a person is currently doing. It just on its face simply means that you can relate to that person by sharing and being open yourself. Um, it helps to really establish that safety uh, feeling and rapport and all of those things that we've shared earlier um, in the many other techniques that um are helpful when you are positively active listening. <laughs> so thebalancecareer.com, which I found was a really wonderful website and had a lot of great information on that, also had added some more active listening skills techniques. Now, the ones that I went over um, are really those hard-hitting uh, top few, if you will, that are right away your go-tos, right? Um, so when you are in a position of having to or 
you know, just providing some type of help or assistance or just a listening ear, those top elements are really important to just have as that go-to running your mind. These are the things that I want to be cognizant of, right? I, I do feel that when you are doing those things, you don't want to just do it in action, so to speak, right? Or just be in the motion of it. You, These are things you really want to feel, right? You really do need to empathize in that situation, right? Being able to put yourself in that person's shoes. You want to have it as authentic as possible because, you know, when someone is bearing their soul, if you will, or coming to you about something that is an issue for them or may not be an issue, it could just be, look, I'm trying to make a decision about something and I need your help and I and here's what I'm faced with and you tell me what you think. You know, being authentic and building that trust and that safety space for that individual is really important um, and it shows great character in you as well. And of course, as you know, I always uh, feel the sentiment of, you know, do unto others as you would like them, um, you know, to do unto you. So in essence, for me, that just means if I want to have a uh, authentic relationship or authentic rapport with someone and I want to be heard when it's, that time comes around, I want to make sure that I'm doing the same for that person. And, and I feel that inside that that's what I want to do, right? So... In that same vein, some of those additional active listening skills can be um, items such as validation. And simply put, for validation, it's just, you know, as you say, validating that person. Well, you are recognizing that person. You are giving them the platform to understand that, you know, they have a, a right to maybe feel how they feel and that you understand their concern. And when you validate someone, right, or you validate what is being said to um, you. It allows that person to, again, feel comfortable and feel that, yes, what I'm sharing with you is important. And, 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 and as a listener, you're, you're saying, yeah, it is important because it's important to you. It's important to me. So I validate you. I am showing you that I care about you. I care about what you're saying and I care about helping you or I care about, you know, getting you to a place that is, um, of a benefit for you out of whatever, you're coming to me with. So very, very important um, element as far as active listening is concerned. Another component that you, a good listener would want to have is emotional intelligence. And that's a big couple of words, right? Um, <laughs> but simply put, emotional intelligence is being able to put yourself in a position where you are able to hold back your emotions and can be um, pragmatic in your thinking and your speaking and, and just being able to sit back and receive what's being shared without showing too much um, uh, of your emotion or too much of your behavior, if you will, or your attitude about a situation without really listening in its entirety you know, to be helpful. So keeping yourself calm and keeping yourself um, more centered on what's being said and how to maybe move forward to a solution always works best. Now, of course, it doesn't mean you, you go through a conversation and you don't have emotion. That's not what that means. It just means knowing when and how to use that emotion to the best benefit and to the helpfulness. And being able to know when you need to kind of control yourself um, is just how you should be anyways in any type of communication. So just keeping in mind, being there for that person and allowing the attention to be on that person and not so much on you and your uh, response <laughs> where it's 
extraordinarily animated. Uh, we'll say that. Uh, I like that. Extraordinarily animated. <laughs> Just, you know, keeping it together, you know, and uh, allowing them the step, if you will, allowing them the floor, if you will, um, to share their concerns without the focus being on your reaction and how you're reacting, right? Another element would be problem sensitivity. Understanding that for this individual, it is a problem, even if it may not seem like one to you. And there's probably many times that we have conversations with individuals where something's being stressed and you're like, okay, whatever, that's not a big deal, right? You know, and just saying that, you know, hey, look, you'll get over it. Look, I've had worse that's happened to me. You know, none of these things I think we could probably safely say is helpful when you're in a situation. And, you know, look at how you would feel if that's the response you got back. And, and this is something important to you. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't help somebody along in a situation where maybe they may be just being a little bit dramatic, right? We know people tend to do that. Um, but there's a way that you navigate that conversation without making that person feel belittled or insignificant or that their situation is insignificant. Because if it is a, a true issue for them, you know, talking those things through with them by appropriately active listening of that situation is going to be much more helpful and much more beneficial. And, you know, in the vein of being beneficial will probably make them feel a little bit more um, centered if they should ever come across that type of issue again. So problem sensitivity uh, is pretty important because I think sometimes we can uh, sometimes reflect solely on maybe what we're thinking and how we're feeling and, and saying, well, you know, okay, well, I would react this way. So I don't know what your problem is kind of thing. And, you know, that could be really unfair because we all have different um, meters, if you will, uh, different um, thresholds. And if you have someone who's coming to you with something that is seemingly an issue for them, it's just not helpful to uh, criticize them. And, and uh, truth be told, if that's the type of individual that someone is, I would suggest that that person find someone else <laughs> to have listened to them. But you know, it's not always easy um, in that because sometimes you may not always know how someone will be with you in a conversation until you start having that conversation. So, you know, just a, a word to the wise for the person who is experiencing that from someone that, you know what, they may not be the right person <laughs> to talk about things that are important, especially if they're very much consumed about their own selves and their own issues and not really open um, to listening to yours. Uh, nextly would be courtesy. And I just put that hand in hand with just being kind, um, being respectful of that individual, um, you know, not chastising them, being open, um, you know, just being a safe space for them to share what's going on and feeling supported, um, even in just your listening and just your interaction with them. Um, and just being um, really, truly uh, careful in, in your uh, critiques, if you will, and criticisms, and just being open-minded and listening and remaining polite or kind in that. And next up, we have professionalism. And I absolutely love the word professionalism. I love the word professionalism. I love the word professional. I just love that word. 
That might be another story later. But <laughs> in the vein of active listening, this is extremely important, obviously, um, in many uh, avenues in communication, but definitely in the workplace. And definitely dealing with um, in any type of a, a store or restaurant or anything like that, you know, any place in public occupancy. I will just say that uh, professionalism is so important because see, one thing about professionalism is that it allows you to keep all those unnecessary emotions and unnecessary words and unnecessary drama that just really isn't about what's going on. It keeps that at bay, right? It keeps you in check. That's what professionalism is. Professionalism is not an ugly word. It's actually a very beautiful word, <laughs> all right? I love the word professionalism. It just gives everybody a place of a foundational spot to be in and you work from there. And so when you're professional and you're listening and you're being um, open to what's coming to you, whether you're a supervisor or a coworker or a team lead or whatever that positioning is, it really does help guide you through that conversation. You tend to say, things that make more sense and uh, things that are really helpful to the situation. And you're more apt to listen. You know, when you're professional, you're just more apt to be in a mindset where you are meeting that person where they are at and you are carrying them through with your attentiveness and your productive way of solving a situation. And you're just going to get more benefit out of that than negative. It's just the way it is, right? Because with professionalism comes respect. And that is a huge component of professionalism is being respectful of others and being respectful of what they may be going through or and, and at least being respectful of the fact that there is an issue there and you want to come to a way of solving that and building camaraderie and morale. So those are the wonderful aspects of being professional. Not always the easiest to do for some, but it's definitely a gauge point that all should be pulling from. Things work just better when you're a professional. Just saying. The next item is nonverbal communication. Well, you know, we all pretty much know what that means, but I will say this in the fact of when you're doing your active listening, by being a good active listener, that nonverbal communication is just as important as verbal communication, right? Nonverbal communication being ones that you the way that you look, the way you may toss in a chair, the way your facial expressions are being shared, all of these many, many different things that you want to make sure that you have in check and that they are appropriate to what the situation is. And that is so important. I cannot express how important the fact of being mindful and aware of how you come across when someone's speaking to you and making sure that it really does meet um, in a way that makes sense for the situation, that is helpful for the situation, and just being careful about how and the what things that you say. So really truly important that when you are talking about nonverbal communication that you are looking at that as just as important as the words that you say because a lot of things that um, you can find in authenticity is really how somebody comes across and if they say one thing and they're doing another then the doing is where you really should be believing right so nonverbal communication a very important uh, element of active listening next up is transparency now transparency is another word i like but i do sometimes feel that the word transparency 
can be misused and misconstrued. And sometimes the concept of the fear of what transparency is leads to secrecy, which is never a good thing. So I've, I want to say that my thoughts and my take on transparency is being opened and being as honest um, as you need to be. And when I say being as honest as you need to be, be honest about what you know and what there is that's going on. And if you don't know about something, then let's not put out speculation about that, right? Being transparent is providing the information that is available and that is honest and true to what is going on. And anything else beyond that, you keep to yourself. Okay, and a big, huge, um, excuse me, a huge issue in transparency when it comes to especially, I mean, it's not just the workplace, right? It, that's in any type of relationship. Transparency is um, key because with transparency aligns with honesty and truth and feeling confident in what you're being told. And that is important to feel that you can trust the information that you are given and you can trust the responses that you're giving to the questions and concerns that you have. And so I further feel that with transparency, you know, if you stick to really what is and not all the speculation, you will find yourself in a better position, right? And if um, there's stuff, uh, information that you may not know about, then it's really best to not put that out there. Because all that does is just add to anxiety and unnecessary chaos. And who needs unnecessary chaos, right? It's not beneficial, it's not helpful, it's not gonna be helpful to the person who's causing it any more than it's helpful to the person who's receiving it. So transparency is huge. You know, be as honest as you can be about the situation and what you don't know, you don't speculate and put out there in a way that allows people to think that there's some truth to that element. You know, if there's something going on or something that's being created, you tell what you know. And if you don't know, you can always safely say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know how this may end up or what this will lead, but we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you are in the loop of what is, and we will always keep you posted and you can trust that information. And that's okay. That's more than okay. So transparency, another good tactic for an active listener. All right, next up we have integrity. Well, didn't we kind of touch a little bit on that? Yeah, see, transparency as well as um, problem sensitivity, professionalism, I mean, all of any of the ones we've talked about, when those elements are actively being utilized, performed, displayed, whatever word you feel um, is helpful in that, it provides trust. Simple as that. It, it it shows the fact that when you are showing integrity, that you are trustworthy, that I can believe what you say and I can take to task what I need to take to task in the right direction because I know that I can trust what you say and I know I can trust your opinion and I can trust that you have my best interests at heart when you are listening to what I am sharing and, you're, and I can trust that you may not tell me everything I want to hear, but that you're going to tell me the right things that I need to hear. And mind you, you can do that without being cruel, okay? <laughs> We're not talking about brutal honesty in a sense that hurts someone's feelings. We're just simply saying that in this element, someone can trust the words that come out of your mouth. Just as simple as that. 
and they know that they are safe in what they share and how they feel and how you react to what they say and what they share and how they feel. Next up, we have proactivity, being proactive. Oh, so much better than being reactive, right? So much better to be prepared, so much better to be in a position where you can kind of see things that are going on or be told about things that are going on and being able to actively find a way to solution without waiting until everything is just blown out of proportion and greater problem than it was initially, right? Being proactive, being able to be in a position to say, okay, I see what's going on here or I hear what's going on here let's see what we can do let's make a plan and let's execute that plan to solving that particular issue now proactivity is just as important to the person who was relaying the issue as well as the person who's listening to the issue right that's a paired element there as far as I'm concerned because you as a person when you take the time to share a concern or an issue that you're having before it gets so spun out of control, it's such a better place to be in and you are in a better position to get to a situation of resolve quicker and more responsibly. It's not always good to be in a position where you're constantly reacting. I don't feel that that's a place that you should always be residing in. I don't think that that's um, the place you should lead with. I think that doing your best to prepare for situations is always better. You may not know always what's coming down the pike, and, and I understand that. No one's saying that you gotta be perfect at it. It's just that you need to leave more from a place of a positioning versus reacting and retreating, right? So more of a place of positioning versus retreating. And that could just be really helpful to resolve. It's just a better position for you to be in and getting things uh, handled and snipped in the, you know, in the bud, so to speak, and, and getting those things uh, taken care of. So we really want to make sure that we are putting ourselves in a position of being proactive. And again, that's just as important of the listener as it is, in my opinion, the person relaying the issue. Next up, we have accepting constructive criticism. Now, this is a fun one, okay? Who wants to be criticized? Nobody that I know, <laughs> okay? Uh, constructive criticism, excuse me, is not a new term. It's not a new word. It's been around for as long as I know, anyways. And um, it's a, a very tricky <laughs> uh, word, a very tricky phrasing as well, because... Um, Again, who likes to be criticized? But in this positioning and this tactic, as far as um, when you are trying to be a, an effective, active listener, this sometimes could be when the person that has the problem or the issue is you, okay? So although it's important to be able to give constructive criticism, which is basically being able to provide tips and tools and for situations to be better, to bring things to light that may not be best serving a situation. And so you want to say, hey, look, this is not quite working out, or maybe your way of thinking on this is not the way it should be. Here's why I think that's the case. And here's what I think that may be helpful to you. And, and let it be something that's really helpful to them, right? That you're not just nitpicking, that it's really truly something that's helpful content that can help them move forward. And it's coming from a good place. Now, in that positioning, when you are ex giving that criticism, 
you being that listener, if that's coming towards you, that, hey, this person has an issue with maybe something that you said or something that you did or whatever. And it may not even be something that you could be even um, really cognizant that occurred or that you didn't know or aware that a person felt that way about what took place. So being able to take in that feedback and being able to say, okay, let me step back and listen and receive what's being said. And then let's think about what's being said and instead of being so quick to have a response back, right? Instead of being so quick to be reactive or um, just being you know, upset that how dare you say I did something wrong. So when you are a, a productive <laughs> and an effective active listener, a good active listener, you are able to look at those types of situations that are brought to you um, where there may be a change that you have to make and that you're able to receive that and to reflect on it and make appropriate changes and then communicate how you feel like, oh, I'm I apologize if that's how it made you feel. I can see and understand how that uh, could come across and or that was not my intent. And so I will do better or I will do these things or hey, if there's something going on and, and you feel like you're not being heard, take me aside. I have an open door policy. Um, you could come and talk to me. Um, you know, all those types of things in a friendship, um, in your relationships that are personal relationships, same thing. Hey, you hurt my feelings when you said this, or I didn't appreciate X, Y, and Z. And then you're able to take that in and say, okay, I can see where you're coming from. And now mind you, keeping it in the realm of, you know, <laughs> not dramatic, but really to what's going on is always the best way to address something head on when you're dealing with a situation that maybe your actions or your words uh, set that situation afire, so to speak, right? Whether you realize it or maybe you didn't. So being able to accept that constructive criticism and speak and respond in that in a healthy way, in a non-attacking way, uh, will get you closer to that resolve, just much closer to that resolve. Next up is creating and managing expectations. And I feel that this is something that everybody at some point in time is guilty of not doing. <laughs> so it is something that I feel that you um, just get better with and that you should strive to do, you know, it, where it becomes part of your essence, that that is something that you do is creating and managing those expectations. Understanding that, you know, so much can be done in a day or so much can be presented in a, in a day and you should be able to manage that. You should be able to understand that there are certain levels and that you have to be appreciated of that and respectful of those levels and not allowing these expectations to be so overwhelming and really just not even obtainable. It, you're already kind of lost in the space there if you are coming from that place. So, you know, we all want to strive harder. We all want people around us to strive harder. We, you know, sometimes when we're extremely energetic about something, we want to make sure that that person is just as energetic as you and, you know, rah, 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 we're going to go and we're going to do. And, you know, that's all fine and well, <laughs> but understanding that, you know, everybody is and can be at different levels and you do need to meet them where they are and now you can bring along individuals to your way of thinking and to your understanding but again there's still very basic fundamental elements about 
your expectations and which they need to be in order to really be effective is to be obtainable to, to maybe even be measurable you know we're talking a little bit like goals here right because in essence that could be the same but you know they just need to be realistic you know they need to be ones that can happen because when you are expecting too much a lot of times you're just really defeating the purpose of whatever it is that you're trying to do and it, it really makes it very frustrating for the person that's communicating with you and if you have expectations that are exceeding to the point where they just can't be done people are just going to give up and and move on and you don't want that that's not really the goal you should be striving for either so when you are looking at creating and managing those expectations of yourself and maybe your viewpoint of others, you know, taking that inventory and keeping that in a mindful space for you is really going to be, again, more beneficial to resolve of issues that occur. And they're just much more helpful, makes things much more cohesive. So next up, we have confidence. And being a confident individual as an active listener, well, you know, being a someone of authority, you would think sometimes we would embody the concept of confidence. And sometimes that can not be the case. It's maybe more along the lines of being not so much the confidence element, but more, um, hmm, I'll get back to that. Because <laughs> it's just, it's just looming away. <laughs> That's the word, arrogant. There you go. Confidence and arrogant. Really? <laughs> when you are in a position of listening to an individual, hearing their concerns, you know, being confident in what you may say or what you're going to do or how you're going to present is a wonderful place to be. It also builds trust. It builds an individual's expectation of you to be that the situation is going to be handled and resolved appropriately and in a timely manner. Uh, and that works well in professional or personal situations. The antithesis of that is uh, being arrogant. And being arrogant is not a positive trait, I feel, to have. It doesn't really exude the positivity that is needed when you're handling situations because by nature of resolving a situation, in my opinion, is that there has to be a wanting desire to in the situation to where it no longer causes pain or no longer causes more issues or concerns and how you handle that is very important and of course there's different levels of how you handle you know addressing a particular situation sometimes the end result may not be positive in a sense of the way that makes you happy but you know if it's something that has to be done you know you do it with kindness and courtesy and and um, a rapport and understanding and integrity you do things with all those elements attached to that it makes uh, things a lot more pleasant and really will make the situation resolve a lot faster than if you just carry it on so that to that point um, you know, confidence, not arrogance, is what I would say for that. Next up is empathy. And I love the word empathy. I love the word empathy. Because I love anything that allows you to put yourself in a position in which you are able to put yourself in someone else's shoes, right? You are able to see what that person is seeing or feel what that person's feeling by putting yourself in the position of if this was going on with me, how would I feel? How would I react? I think that 
showing empathy is one of the best characteristics an individual can have. Because when you put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you are in a better place to understand and make changes to things that you have the power to change or make changes to things that even if you don't have the power for the overall change, you have the power of support that builds and builds and builds to that change. And that is better for everybody. It's never a good thing when you have so many levels of situations in which you have a group of individuals who get everything and another group of individuals who get nothing. That really never, ever works out for the people who have everything either, you know? And some may find out, well, that's maybe a necessary conflict. But I think you should ask yourself, is it really? Is it really a necessary conflict? That is that something we really need to have? So, in my opinion, my very humble opinion, <laughs> I feel that empathy really truly is one of just the best characteristics that a person can have, that a human being can have, is to be able to put themselves in someone else's shoes. I think that you come from a place of compassion and you can come from a place of real true help when you come and lead with that foot. Next up is compassion. Falls right on the line with empathy. Because when you have empathy, guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, you have compassion. Kind of goes hand in hand, right? So I just find that when you are a compassionate, active listener, then again, you are coming from a place of being able to share experiences and really provide responses and really be able to provide feedback that's workable, that makes sense, that's obtainable, and that's reflective for the person who is coming to you with the concern or issue, right? Because, you know, sometimes when people come to you with concerns, issues, it may not always mean that they're right in how they feel. But I feel that when you are compassionate in your responses and in your technique of listening and obtaining um, the information that is being provided to you, you can really help people to maybe see things a different way, right? And and that's sometimes what is really needed. Sometimes it's not always just, okay, this happened to me and I need that to be this way and this way. Sometimes it can also be, and maybe a lot of times, uh, depending on the situations where the individual themselves who is providing the issue are able to take a look at, uh, at themselves, do a self-reflection about maybe what, did I do or how did I contribute to that situation and and how can I look at those things and change my way of thinking or my ways that help to really plant this situation to happen you know so showing that compassion gives that person really an ability to let their guard down because they know that you know again you are listening to them with an open heart and an open mind Next up, we have understanding. And of course, when you have empathy, it leads to compassion. And then guess what? You have some kind of understanding. And being understanding is not always necessarily having to agree with everything that's being said, but it's being in a position where you get what's being said, that you are in a true ability to comprehend what's happening and that you can put yourself in a position to really be an effective 
person in the response that you are given. And you always will be more helpful when you are more understanding that you can look at and listen to that individual situation and say, okay, let's kind of break this down. So how I feel is this or how you feel is that. And I understand you to say this or what I'm getting from you is this. And okay, I can see how that may make you feel. So let's look at how this might be able to be adjusted and see how this, how would that make you feel? You know, those types of things, that kind of feedback. When you're understanding uh, to a situation, again, doesn't always necessarily mean that you have to want to agree with everything. It just means that you're able to be uh, relatable in your response and helpful in getting to that uh, quick win or resolve of that situation. Next up is observation. And observation is a great one because along with observation, I, I love the terminology of self-awareness, really. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean that anyone's necessarily perfect at self-awareness. Some people are great at it, but there's a lot of people who are not. But just being self-aware um, is great. But then also observing certain things and uh, looking at things for really how they are. You know, because sometimes we're in a situation where there is a problem or, or concern that we're having. You know, we may have blinders on and not see anything other than that problem. That's what we're focused on, right? So sometimes when you are an observant individual, you can not only observe what's being said to you and the body language and what is being presented to you, but maybe you have the ability to observe a certain situation and be able to have, you know, a better understanding of more than one side. And so therefore, when you come to the place of providing feedback, you're able to do that in a way that is more conducive and um, gives you a present a situation of presenting in a way of, well, I see what you're saying here, but I also see how this person's seeing here. Let's see how we can kind of meet in the middle. So being observant of you know, not only what is being presented to you and how it's being presented to you, but also if you're in a position of being observant of what is going on or what you see is happening, or if you see a situation that's brewing before it gets to a point where someone has to say something to you about it, then maybe it'll allow you to be more proactive in addressing situations that are not in the light or in the best way that they should be. Next up is attention to detail. And that's another thing that is important in active listening. Again, with the observation element, but taking it a little bit more directly to the person, you know, who is providing you the situation to address or to, to just be an ear is being able to pay attention to the things that are being said to you, right? And so that's why it's important for asking those open-ended questions or seeking that clarification if need be, because you want to make sure that you have all of the information that you need to have in order to be able to come up with a response or an action plan to resolve that is effective and that will work. And that doesn't have you kind of spinning your wheels, uh, so to speak, or you know, running around without really any real true knowledge or understanding of everything that you need to know in order to effectively resolve a particular situation. Next up, we have vocal tone. Vocal tone is very important. Uh, tone of voice, the way you speak, the way you respond, how you respond, your highs and lows of your affliction of your voice. All those things are important when an individual is coming to you with a concern or a problem that they have. In your vocal tone, you can share and just in that way, you know, if you're empathetic and understanding that you are a person that they can come to, do you sound annoyed? 
Um, do you sound open and willing or do you sound irritated? You know, these are all things that come out of your tone of voice and those are very important aspects to make sure that you are very cognizant or aware of how you come across when someone is coming to you with a situation. You know, you don't want to start automatically putting up those barriers. Um, and I do understand that, you know, you are going to be in situations naturally where you may just really not want to hear what's going on at that time. And sometimes, though, if you're in a position, especially in a position of leadership, you know, you don't really have that option, do you? Right? You don't have that choice. That is part of your job. That is part of what is expected of you. So even though you may not feel that you want to hear something, you really need to understand that that is part of being a leader. And if it isn't something that works best for you, then maybe that might not be the best positioning for you uh, because that's just part of the core. When you are in a position to help individuals and in a position where you're, that's what you're supposed to be, you want to be sure that your tone and how you speak and how you come across is appropriate in what's going on. And I'm not saying that you have to be sappy and, 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 and babying. That's not at all what I would consider a effective way of using your tone, but being uh, kind and uh, professional, if being that's the position that you're in, just being empathetic and just being understanding the way you come across in your tone, no matter what the words that you say come out of your mouth, people can really know really where you're coming from. And so your vocal tone is extremely important to be aware of as an effectively good active listener. Next up is sensitivity to religions and ethnic diversity. And this is a big one as well. And so to sum that up, you know, you need to be sensitive to others, not just desires and wants and needs, but to their beliefs. And that understanding that not everybody is cut from the same cloth and everybody comes from the same walk of life, but that there is value in all individuals and there is value in what they can bring to the table. And understanding that we are not cookie cutter uh, individuals, we may have like-minded individuals and that's okay, but that doesn't even mean that just because you're like-minded means that you are exact replica of a person to a person, right? So being sensitive, being aware of that is extremely helpful in um, building that camaraderie and that morale and understanding that not everybody believes the way that you believe and you know, hey, you may not believe the way that they believe, but even if that's the case, you still respect that individual because they are a human being walking on this planet just like you and you're no better or no less than them. And they're no better and no less than you. So being in that mindset and coming to the place of where we are in that is extremely important for effective resolve to any issue or concern or just even for people to feel belong in a positive way, not belonging in a negative way or due to a negative reason that only spews more negativity. So really important that when you are an active listener, you are sensitive to these different issues or not, really they're not issues, it's different elements that uh, make up an individual or a group of individuals. Next up is self-awareness, another great concept for effective active listening is being self-aware. And what does that mean? Being aware of self, right? Being aware of what you do, how you act, how you come across. What kind of example are you setting? 
how are you able to reach those individuals? Are you aware of the things that you say? Are you aware of how you are responding to one person versus another person? Are you aware of the biases that you may have? Okay, really important to be self-aware, being very much in, in tune to who and how you are and how you come across. And if you don't come across effectively, then you're not considered a trusted source. And whether or not that means anything to people who are not considered trusted sources, it doesn't really matter if that means anything to them, but it should mean something to the people who are coming to them. And, you know, that's a situation you may not be able to address or handle with them directly. So you move on to someone else that you can have that uh, ability to talk and communicate effectively with. So being self-aware, understanding that, you know, nobody is better or less than anyone else. And that you are aware of who you are and what you do and, the, and what you do with the space that you feel. And also be aware that others are feeling the space too. Next up, we have situational awareness, which is simply being aware of a situation, being aware of things around you, um, being aware of what's happening and not turning a blind eye to things that need to be addressed or handled. Um, so that is being understanding of what is going on, what's happening, so you're able to react in a respectful way, you're able to react in a positive way, you're able to react in a resolve of conflict issue. Kind of way. So in essence, just as it's important it is to be self-aware, it's important to be aware of the things that are around you as well. Not walking through a situation with just blinders on to where you're not really knowing what's happening. Um, that's not really helpful <laughs> to you or the person that comes to you when they have an issue to resolve. So just making sure that you are keeping your eye on the ball, right? Keeping your eye and your ears to what needs to be going on and understanding that is a better way uh, to be able to put yourself in a position to be of help and positive resolve. Next up is interpretation. How you interpret what's being told to you. How you interpret the communication that is coming about from that individual is truly important. How you're intaking that information, right? And are you intaking it in a way and how it's, are you receiving it in a way that it's being given? your interpretation, your thought, your feeling, your opinion of what is happening or being shared. And also understanding if the interpretation that you have is correct, right? That it's uh, sensitive to the different needs of a situation. Uh, if you are open to understanding what exactly is going on and being effective in uh, how you respond to that. So it's very important to understand that your interpretation needs to be of a more accurate place, if I will, if I will um, and more of a place that it comes from truth and what is, and not to what you want to make up to be, <laughs> okay? Or you're too much of your own spin on something. Interpret it for what it is. Hear it for what it is. And how you intake that and how you provide that feedback is really important and very crucial to how that conversation is going to end or how that situation is going to end. Next up, we have identify and manage emotions, which really does go hand in hand and that emotional intelligence. 
So identifying an emotion, you know, being aware of how this person is coming at you. Are they upset? Are they sad? Are they happy? Um, are they just wanting to share something that is of a good thing, but there might be something needs to be tweaked, right? Uh, are they in a position where they feel uh, hopeless in what's being shared? It's important for you to identify those emotions. And when you identify those emotions, you are able to be in a better position to respond correctly and accurately. But not only should you be identifying the emotions that are presented by the individual who's providing the information, but you should be identifying and managing your own emotions as well, right? Should be able to keep yourself in check as well. And that can sometimes be a little bit uh, challenging when you're dealing with having to accept constructive criticism or when you are feeling that maybe the person that's coming to you with this problem, this issue is not really all, all the way forthcoming uh, or that you just simply don't want to deal with what's going on. So you have to be able to put yourself in that zone, if you will, and being ready to receive. And if that means that when someone comes to you in a situation and you have the ability to do so, or maybe, you know, it's not the right time at that moment, but you say, okay, look, let's get, you know, here's what's going on. Is this something? Because of course you want to make sure that that is okay with that person. Is this something that can maybe wait um, for a particular time um, in that same day? Okay, uh, not two weeks from now, but in a very reasonable amount of time to address. And you will find in a lot of cases that is the case, that sometimes some situations can wait to a more appropriate time within that same day to address. But if they're not, then guess what? You have to be prepared for that, right? You have to be ready for that. You have to find a way to quickly put yourself in the mindset of, okay, I need to be in receive mode. Let's listen to what's going on. Now, if there are certain issues or concerns that you may not be able to address at that moment, then you take in the information, you reflect on it, you let them know, okay, I'm going to take account of what's being shared with me. Let me take uh, some time to look at these things. And I'm going to get back to you later on today, later on within that hour, you know, use that navigating tool um, when appropriate. Understanding though, there are times when look, something is got to be handled right now. And guess what? You're just going to have to be ready to handle it right now, <laughs> you know? Um, but you will find that a larger percentage of things may not be that situation where you are able to address things in a certain way. That way it makes it easier to identify and manage your own emotions as well, as well as being receptive to the ones that may be coming directly to you. So very important. Next up is understanding the hidden needs of others. And see, this goes really well along with situational awareness um, and observation. Because if you find yourself more in tune with individuals that you are dealing with and coming across, you'll know and pick up very quickly on what their needs are and if and how they're being met. And if they're being met, right? So it's just so helpful that when you are in a situation where you have a, a a clear knowledge base, if you will, of what a person, what makes them tick, it can be very helpful to use that knowledge in how you address that individual and you have a better need, understanding, if you will, or a better concept of what would work for them, right? And even simply how to approach them, you know, how to react in that initial response to them. Uh, so it's really important that if you are observant of what is around you and you are self-aware, 
right? And you provide situational awareness, which means you're aware of things around you, that understanding those needs of individuals when you're watching things in action are very helpful and puts you at a, a more of an advantage in helping to resolve a particular issue or a concern. Next up is body language, which again uh, goes in hand with a lot of the elements that we just you know, we've been discussing this morning. They are definitely important. Your nonverbals are extremely important. They're extremely <laughs> essential, if you will, to what is necessary in displaying the right image when you are addressing a situation. Okay, just as much as your words, your body language is, if not maybe the same, probably sometimes even more important, right? Because you can say something to somebody, but if you are showing them something else, if you're twisting your chair, or you're kind of looking very disinterested in your body communication, then, you know, you're really at a loss at that point or that person will feel like they're at a loss and that you're not interested in what they're saying and therefore you're just kind of more of part of the problem and not of the potential solution. So body language is extremely important to always uh, keep in mind. Like sometimes, you know, we're not perfect and we're not perfect uh, beings, you know, but just being mindful. And I think if you come from a place uh, innately where you are empathetic and you are compassionate to others, that body language will be easier, right, for you to do because it's a natural part of you. Next up, we have facilitating group discussion. So this is an important one, and I mean, this can happen in a workplace, but it also can happen in a family meeting. How many of us have had those? I know I've had a few in my lifetime where, you know, everybody kind of gets together, discusses their situation in a calm manner, okay, with the uh, similar goal in mind, and that similar goal being to resolve this situation. Now, sometimes you may not be in a position to get everything that you want, but, you know, it's good to be able to speak on issues and get things out in a respectful manner. Make sure that everybody has an opportunity to say what they need to say and be able to do it without being interrupted. Um, allow the individuals to be able to express themselves. Now, of course, it is much beneficial for you to set those rules and guidelines um, before a conversation, you know, and address those issues that we're going to relay the information here in a respectful manner that we are going to give each person an opportunity to speak and address what they have. And then we're going to move on to the next person and next person. And then we're going to start moving into how we can start to resolve this issue. So when you set those ground rules up um, in the beginning, it will really make for a better discussion of issues and also shows that there is control in that collaborative uh, discussional element, which is really important because if everybody is saying things and yelling things out, blurting things out, if you will, and, and having comments when it's not necessary and just not really keeping themselves in check as well, because we all have the responsibility to do that, then that's just not really helpful and you're probably not going to get anywhere and the issue will just deepen. And when you have a situation where you are coming together in conversation to discuss these issues, you really want to get to a place at that end where there is resolve and moving forward, okay? 
Next up, we have reaching a consensus, which falls lovely in line with that. You know, reaching a consensus. Now, it doesn't have to be in just a group setting, right? That can also be in just a one-on-one -on -one, uh, type of situation as well. So reaching a, a term of this is what we're going to do and everybody be agreeing that we are moving forward in that endeavor. Okay, that we are moving forward, we've gotten to a point and we understand what the issue is and this is the types of things that we're going to look to try to resolve these things or these are the things that I'm going to try to do, these things that you're going to try to do and we're going to keep that going so we can move out of whatever space that we're in that's not serving us. Okay, reaching that consensus. Next up, we have collaboration. And collaboration is a wonderful way to really shed light on how you want that issue to effectively move in forward positivity. Being able to collaborate, be able to work together, being able to find ways that will allow you to work together is very helpful, right? Being at a position where, you know, you feel like you're a partner in addressing this issue and you feel like a partner in resolving this issue. And, you know, sometimes things are just better <laughs> with more than less, right? And it, it puts a onus of responsibility and accountability as well on each individual that is in this collaborative effort, right? Because everybody has to do their part. So, being a good collaborator in the essence of being an effective, active listener is all ups and no downsides, okay? All ups and no downsides. So there is, as you can see, so many different techniques that are not you know, difficult techniques to uh, perform, to display, right? There are techniques that are helpful in resolve. And when you come across across in a way that is helpful and collaborative and, and, and you show integrity and you're transparent and all these many different things, you are more and at to come to a resolve that is helpful and doable for all. And that is so important when you are looking at everybody being in a position where they may not always be 100% happy, but they're content and they're able to move on and move on to the next uh, thing in life or the next element that is uh, this thing called life. <laughs> so I hope with the techniques and skills that was shared that it shows a great element to know that these are very universal and work well in our personal and professional lives. And there's a lot of those uh, listening techniques that really are just translate in both elements, right? There, you can use and morph those particular skills to the necessity of whoever you're talking to and whatever issue that you are in. Um, it's just, these are just people skills that are really a necessary situation to have in place for yourself and for the person who's providing this information that they have for concern so you can get to resolve, right? So we can get to a better place. So I hope that that was helpful. And with the elements shared in today's session, I think that we definitely can all see that the undeniable importance of the art of active listening. Well, everyone, that does it for today's episode. 
I hope that you found it to be a great way of exploring the world of active listening and will take the time in your verbal interactions to attentively listen for a productive exchange of information and ideas. I'm so glad you tuned in today. And I would love to hear your thoughts about the concept of active listening. So please feel free to leave a comment. And if you are finding the content helpful, please be sure to like, follow, and share. And join the Motivation Suite community. Also, Motivation Suite podcast can be found on Apple iTunes and or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also join the Motivation Suite community by joining the Motivation Suite community Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Motivate Inspire Mentor, as well as on Twitter at Sweet Motivation, and that's S-U-I-T-E. And as always, thank you for listening. I look forward to you tuning in next time for the next installment of this journey. Please stay safe, and until then, take care.